Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. And welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And today we're going to talk about uh, one of the uh, greatest legends of rock and roll, and that is uh, Janis Joplin. The title of our podcast is Pearl, the Death of Janis Joplin. We're going to talk about Janis's uh, life, uh, her career, and her um, tragic death at the age of 27. She was uh, a member of the 27 Club, girl. She is. There's a bunch of them out there, Timmy. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Cobain was the last one, wasn't he? Uh, no, no, uh, Amy, Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to talk about Janice, but before we do, let, um, let me introduce uh, my co-host. Uh, our regular co. Uh, we don't have a regular panel here today. Brandy had an important event that she had to attend, so today it's, you're going to be with me and the Colonel. So, it wasn't really important. It's a Friday. Yeah, well, it is Friday. The devil tends to schedule meetings on Fridays well, and then run out of here. She, let's face it, she's at a bar. Yeah, she's uh, at a bar. Yeah, I was just trying to, you know, I was trying to sugarcoat it. But yeah, she's at a bar someplace. But that's okay. Um, we can do this, Colonel. I would like to introduce the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the very the moral compass of, of uh, our podcast. The Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm good today, Timmy. It's a Friday. It's January, what, 21st? Pretty 20th? Nice. 20th. It's pretty nice day. Um, it's Inauguration Day. Inauguration Day, and it's almost, it's 60 degrees here, Timmy. Yeah, I, mean, I was in Cincinnati, Atlanta. Cincinnati, that's very strange. Oh, it's very, yeah, it's very good. I was in Atlanta last weekend, and it was 70. It was nice, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in favor of a uh, global warming, Colonel. I like this. You know, get, fact, get, I'm not going to live long enough to see the uh, really bad effects of global warming. So, you know, for me, it's perfect. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's next why I always tell my kids, yeah. I don't get rass ass by global warming. I'm going to be dead. <laughs> right. I mean, but, that just but, means I decompose faster. What do right. I care? But, uh, you know, we won't have, we won't have uh, harsh winters in the, the remaining uh, years, our remaining years. I was listening to, speaking of Inauguration Day to me, I was uh, listening to NPR and found out an interesting historical tidbit today. What's that, Colonel? There have been two presidents that have been sworn in four times. Okay. Do you know who they are? Uh, t- two presidents have been sworn in four times. Four times. Uh, well, one would be Roosevelt, Franklin mm-hmm. Roosevelt. And uh, well, that's a good question. Four t- uh 
No, I don't know. Who, who's the other one? Obama. How did he get sworn in four times? Obama, the first time he got sworn in, oh, the yeah, yeah. justice messed it up, if you recall. Right. Yeah, I remember that. They, they, they didn't, uh, something they didn't use the appropriate oath or they left out yeah, a word or something. Yeah, they left out a word. And so, they didn't want the conspiracy-minded to be all freaked out. And, so they went back and they redid it the next right. day. Well, for the second time Obama was elected, mm-hmm. Inauguration Day fell on a Sunday. Okay. So he was sworn in in private on a Sunday. Okay. And then Monday, they did the inauguration, the public inauguration, where he was re-sworn in. So, so he four sworn, times he's he been for, sworn, sworn in. Sworn in four times, and uh, Franklin Roosevelt, of course. Yeah, so if you, have a, if, if you want to stump your friends at the bar, just ask a, them that question. That's a good trivia question. Yeah. Okay, Colonel, I know that um, you're a music lover, and you know a lot about music, so this is uh, this is a good topic for you. It's an interesting, she's an interesting person. She yeah. uh, was an amazingly talented woman, but just like everybody else, well, not everybody else, like a lot of people had those had those demons that she had to deal with. Yeah, and, and unfortunately she didn't it, deal uh, with them well. She didn't deal with them well, and it uh, claimed her life, so... Um, We'll talk about that. Before we do that, let's uh, let me uh, give a special thank you to the folks who support us on Patreon. Um, You know, we are able to stay on the air because of your generous donations. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com/slash history dweebs. You can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. Or just a wee little tiny bit, Timmy. Everything helps. And we would like to say thank you to those of you who so generously um, support the podcast. And that includes Alicia and Chip, Cindy Lou, Bridget Clavey, Jim Moyer, Jason Dykes, um, the History Goes Bump podcast with uh, Diane Student. Thank you very much, Diane. Brandy McBride. Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, and Obsessively Calm. She's got a lot of great products. Check those out. I'm still using my body butter, Timmy. Oh, that's, that's good to I hear. I got my body butter on right now. Okay, I don't want to know any more. <laughs> uh, Lise over in Norway. Leslie Hager. Uh, thank you very much, Leslie. Amber Scoville. Uh, Jahar, of course, over there in Europe. Uh, Andrew Happ. Mandy Swanson. Uh, of course, Jennifer Siemens and her mother, Linda, as well as Jennifer's son, Hunter. Thank you all very much for your support. Heather Poole, uh, the members of the Insight podcast, Allie and Charlie. Thank you, ladies, very much. One of my favorite podcasts, uh, next to ours, of course. Well, I don't know. It's probably... It's probably uh, Actually, know. probably my favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's probably about that. But anyway, uh, check out Insight if you haven't already. Uh, uh, Joe Hopkins, thank you, Joe, for your generous donation. Joe's a great guy. Uh, Joe is in New York City. And, uh, of course, Colonel, we get a generous donation uh, each month from Rudy the Wonder Dog. Rudy makes a sacrifice, Timmy. He does. Rudy's out hustling. He's supporting the arts. Supporting the arts. And he's uh, he's, uh, very generous with his uh, money. It could go to wine, women, and or song. Yep. But instead, he gives it to the arts to support our podcast. So thank you, Rudy. And thank you, everyone, who are supporting us on 
through Patreon. If you would like to learn more how you can support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash history leaves. We appreciate your support. Okay, Colonel, ready to jump in this story? I'm ready to jump on Janice, Timmy. Uh, uh, okay. Um, the, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I won't make any comments. A lot I'll of just, people jumped on Janice. Yeah, she was, uh, she had a very active social life um, when she was older. She's a uh, bit of a harlot. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Janice Joplin developed a love for music at an early age, but her career didn't take off until she joined uh, a group called the Big Brother and the Holding Company back in 1966. <clears throat> um uh, their 1968 album, Cheap Thrills, uh, it sounds like My Weekend, was a huge hit. <laughs> um, and uh, However, there was some friction between Janice and the band, and they parted ways soon after. And she went into um, uh, a solo career for a while. Uh, and uh, eventually would release one of, uh, you know, one of the most uh, highly acclaimed albums ever in rock and roll history. And that was Pearl back in 1971. She left uh, a mark on, on rock and roll. And uh, so we're going to talk about her life and uh, her legacy, as well, as I said, her tragic, um, tragic death at the age of 27. So Janis Joplin uh, was born on January 19th, 1943 in Port Arthur, Texas. You ever been to Port Arthur, Texas, Colonel? I've been to to San Antonio, Texas, and that's pretty much the only place in Texas I've been to. I have actually been outside of Port Arthur. I went went on a cruise once, and it went out of Galveston. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Port Arthur is real close to Galveston. It's just a lot of oil fields, and uh, it's close. You know, uh, uh, if if you take a cruise out out of Galveston, you go past all the uh, oil rigs and stuff. So I mean, it's really industrialized or uh, town, and you know. So she grew up kind of in this. Really, it's a, a skyline just dominated by oil tankers and refineries and stuff. But anyway, it's a small town in Texas uh, that's uh, connected to the oil industry. Very conservative, or at least it was when she was growing up. As I, so Janice was born in on uh, January 19, 1943, in Port Arthur, as I said. While growing up in Port Arthur, Texas, uh, Janice developed a love for music at a very young age. She showed promise as a performer while singing in the church choir. And I mean, if you just ever, I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard Janis Joplin, and uh, she's just a natural talent. I mean, her voice is just, even today, you know, looking back on it 40 years later, just an incredible, just an incredible voice. Janis sang in her church choir as a child, uh, showed promise, um, she was an only child until she was six years old when her sister, Laura, was born. And then four years later, her brother, Michael, arrived. Um, Janice was, uh, early on, was a fairly good student, and surprisingly, uh, early on, was pretty fairly popular in school. Um, however, as she grew older uh, and she went through puberty, um, she started to develop acne and gain some weight, and as you know, for a young girl that age, that can be a very difficult uh, thing to experience. And uh, other kids would, you know, make fun of her. And it, uh, it would really impact her the rest of her life and impact her 
confidence uh, more than anything. Uh, as I said, she grew up in this uh, in Port Arthur, uh, a small town known for its connection to the oil industry. Um, and uh, she grew up just really wanting uh, to get out of the, that town. Uh, she had a good relationship with her parents. Uh, they encouraged her. Her father encouraged her to read. Her mother encouraged her with her music. Uh, but she just did not have a good time growing up. You know, she was the, you know, she was the odd, uh, weird kid at school that other mm-hmm. that other students picked on. Um, during her teen years, she developed a host of of crippling insecurities um, fueled by her pudgy body, uh, acne skin, and her hair. Um, it was so. I mean, she just was kind of the oddball. And and that you find with to me the greatest musicians and artists. I think they don't fit in. They yeah. They, they typically have to don't. Find their, and as you know, I love Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing. He was just an outcast. He was not pretty much invisible. Yeah. You know, yeah. And um, and same way with comedians. A lot of comedians go through that, where they're just uh, either very shy, or they, you know, they have got, like you said, a lot of demons, and it come. They they are able to. Um, you know, they're 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 able to harness that in a way um in some cases you do through their comedy or through their music or whatever uh and that was the case with with janice um when she was at uh, she attended thomas jefferson high school in port arthur as a teenager she started to rebel remember this was late 19 you know late 1950s early 60s um, she would not dress like the other girls in this conservative community in the late 1950s. Just when you had the bobby socks and yeah, the and the pooter skirts, uh, yeah, yeah. pooter skirts, the pooter skirts. Instead, she wore men's shirts and tights and short skirts. So she was she, she was starting to stand out in the crowd, and she became target of teasing, uh, as well as being popular as well as uh you know being a popular subject to all the rumors that goes around with high school um as a result of her unpopularity with her fellow classmates uh she chose a path of hard swearing and beer drinking colonel i think you can relate to that well i know Speaking of hard swearing and uh, beer, beer drinking, drinking the yeah. devil's doing that right now. Yeah, that's why we're doing that's this why podcast. We're doing this by ourselves. <laughs> and look, she did all right. She she grew up to have a you know I don't know a moderately it. successful <laughs> podcast. I don't know if she did all right. Though. I mean, I mean, she's not Janis Joplin by any no, stretch, but she's not in jail. So right. I guess for her, that's all right. Yeah, but um, she started uh, hanging out with older boys. Um, and uh, kids were mean to her. I mean, they would call her names like Pig, and uh, and like I said, they they because she hung out with mostly guys, they started rumors that she was very sexually active, um, which she was, or at least she <laughs> yeah, would become she, later on. She's kind of a kind of a floozy. <laughs> and she was. I mean, we, we we don't get too much into her relationships. She was engaged once, but she she 
she was bisexual. She experimented with, you know, um, she with both genders. Um, but she in high school, she developed a eventually developed a group of guy friends who shared her interest in music. And this was, you know, this was like pre hippie days. This was what they call the beat, the beatnik days, the beat mm-hmm. generation. Uh, which she, uh, you know, she um, became part of that culture, that beat, uh, beatnik uh, culture. Um, musically, Janis Joplin and her friends gravitated toward blues and jazz, admiring uh, artists such as blues artists such as Lead Belly. You're a big fan of Lead I Belly. Love me some Lead Belly. I love Lead Belly too. BB King and. Um, We're gonna have to do a podcast of Colonel sings the blues one day, Timmy. All right, we'll do that. We won't release it, but, but we'll do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It might be one of our Facebook lives that we do. We can just oh my baby, oh my damn, baby, damn right, you got the, damn right you got the blues. <laughs> damn right I got the blues. <laughs> oh my baby, oh my baby, don't love me. <laughs> Okay, so she also followed blues of, uh, uh, she was inspired by legendary blues artists and vocalists Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, and Odetta. Uh, and the group, uh, she, she would frequent local working class bars in, Louisa- in, in Texas and Louisiana. By her senior year of high school, Janice had developed a reputation. Now, who does this sound like? She developed a reputation as a ballsy, tough talking woman. Who like to drink and be outrageous? That, I mean, hmm. that, that could be Brandy's introduction. Does it say penis loving on there? <laughs> so, well, she's, yeah, she's, she's penis loving. I think she's vagina loving, and she was bisexual. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she had she was a softball. I don't know softball. if she ever played softball, but in spirit, she in, probably, yeah, she. So yeah, tough talking, uh, a ballsy. We're gonna have to see ballsy, if the devil can sing. We're gonna. Yeah. She might be able to belt them out. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brandy, we should keep this uh, podcast for Brandy because you know she's known for being ballsy and tough talking. Likes drunk, to drink. Likes to drink. Fight. Pill popping. Penis, penis loving. Penis loving. Satan's dirty little secret. <laughs> After graduating from high school, uh, Janice enrolled into Lamar State College of Technology in the nearby town of Beaumont, Texas. There she devoted more time to hanging out and drinking with friends uh, than she did to studying. So, you know, typical college student. I believe Don, or I believe Don Henley's from Beaumont, Texas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, even though she was extremely uh, shy and reserved about singing in public, uh, she would, as I said, in high school, she did che- uh, sing in the choir, church choir. Uh, following graduation and, and, and enrolling in Lamar in Beaumont, uh, she studied art, um, and painting was actually her first, first real love. Uh, as I mentioned, she would, uh, her and her friends would. Uh, she didn't do a lot uh, academically. She didn't do well, and her friends would spend a lot of time drinking and. Going to the bars in, in Texas and over in Louisiana to hear uh, blue band, uh, blue, the blues. Uh, so she also listened. Uh, so at the end of her first semester at um, Lamar, she left school and she went on then to attend Port Arthur College where she took some secretarial courses. Yeah, I can't see Janice Joplin being a secretary. Yeah, but, she don't look the part to me. Yeah. But uh, she got bored, got, uh, she, you know, she, as I said, she always kind of wanted to get out of Port Arthur. Uh, 
So in the summer of 1961, she headed out to Los Angeles. First she went to Houston, and she went out to Los Angeles to explore the music scene. Um, but um, kind of ran out of funds, and uh, nothing was really happening out there on her first trip. So she moved back to Texas in 1962. But she settled, instead of in Port Arthur, she settled this time in Austin, which, of course, you know, Colonel is a music Mecca of the Southwest, right? It, they got South by Southwest. My boys played down there. Tonight. Yeah. Uh, and, and Austin's known for its uh, music scene, and Janice mm-hmm. uh, fit right in. It's also the home of the University of Texas. So Janice enrolled at the University of Texas, where she studied art. And she would occasionally perform at places like uh, Threadgills, which is now a popular chain of restaurants down there. Um, although she didn't finish her studies at the University of Texas, while she lived there, while she was there, she lived in a building commonly referred to as the Ghetto. There's a neighborhood at the University of Dayton that's called the Ghetto. Called the ghetto. And you know, I was wrong, Timmy. Don Henley's from Linden, Texas. Um, Edgar Winner is from. Remember, oh is yeah, from great Texas. blues uh, yeah. guitars. Yeah. Um, so. When she lived in this building called Together, they was supposed it was supposedly an abandoned World War II wooden army barracks that all the that really all the student outcasts would eventually find themselves. <laughs> Rent there was forty dollars a month, so that's about all she could afford. Um, but uh, she was never accepted into any of the fraternities. You know, she was too outrageous. She was dressing, you know, very. Uh, she was an art student. She was a hippie before her time. She was, dude. I taught part time. I taught academic classes at an art school, a local art school here, mm-hmm. uh, once, and and the students are just. I mean, they they just really struggled with academics. I mean, I taught like English, and I mm-hmm. you know it's funny me teaching English, but I taught English. I taught <laughs> taught history. I taught you know psych. They had to have so many core courses, right? Mm-hmm. Besides their art uh, uh, courses, and uh, I taught mark a marketing class. And this girl did. I said, take take any any product you want. And develop a marketing plan for it. That was their assignment. So she came back with a, a marketing plan to sell ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really good. It was really creative and stuff. But so I, I love these students, even though they were, you know, they they were just challenged academically. You couldn't. I mean, their papers were horrendous, and you couldn't. Re- but when they they had a. Uh, they would have an event every year where they would show off their artwork. Mm-hmm. And they were different. You know, some of them was painting, some of it was photography or whatever. And these students who could barely, you know, write a complete sentence in a composition course were like the, one of the most, or most amazing artists you would ever see. And it, it's just so incredible, you know. So, you know, it I can't, it taught me a lesson that you know you can't really people have different talents and where I thought these students were really going to struggle in life because of their uh, limited academic skills, uh, the the work they did with art and photography and painting or or graphic design. I mean, it was just amazing. Well, you know, it's funny because I got one of my boys, Logan. Now, Logan's always been a very bright kid. Mm-hmm. And he could do well in school. Every time he tested him, Logan was always testing in that 90th percentile, 89, you know. Mm-hmm. 
the problem was his brothers were always testing in the 99th percentile. So, right, so he was being compared to... Right. Yeah, but Logan had no interest in school. Mm-hmm. He had no interest in school, and Logan does what he wants to do. So through high school, Logan, you know, he, he would struggle because he just... If, if Logan didn't want to do something, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's in college, and he's a graphic design major. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boy's amazing. And he, they had their first show, and and I, Logan's uh, stuff was always uh, graphic design. It was always uh, material things, mm-hmm. you know, the things that he would build or things right. that, and uh, photography. You know that you've sure. seen his photography, sure. and uh, his photography is beautiful. But he started drawing. Mm-hmm. He'd never drawn before, mm-hmm. and we went to the show, and he, I, he showed me his drawings. And I could not believe how this kid could draw. Yeah. It, he's yeah. 19 years old. I've, uh-huh. You know, he's been at our house the whole time, never picked up a pencil to draw anything. Uh-huh. So it's funny where you find these. Yeah, you, you know, people who just have to find their, you know, their, you know. You people know, who are t- artistically inclined tend to not. I worked, for, I worked for a lady, uh, an administrator, for 20 years. And then she retired. And she was bored out of her mind because she'd work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know what she was going to do. It was one of the things where it was kind of a forced retirement type of deal. And she just took up art. And now she has her own studio. I mean, she's selling yeah. art. She's teaching art. It's just, I mean, and she didn't start drawing until she was like 55. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Logan has sold photographs and. So maybe we like have that. maybe we have talent that we haven't tapped into. Chris. I have no artistic talent whatsoever, <laughs> dude. I took four years of art in high school, and I can't draw a stick person. <laughs> well, other than well, you know, I got my singing. Yeah, well, I got of course. My singing. Well, yeah, that's that goes without saying, Colonel. But I can't play an instrument. All the boys can play an instrument. But you're a hell of a podcaster. I'm a good podcaster. I'd you're, like to think I'm uh, one of the. Now Johnny Fruistool might have a different uh, opinion. For, you know. I'm, don't get me started on Johnny Footstool. Well, We're trying just... to keep this from getting an E. But I'm still looking for your ass, Johnny Footstool. I'll find you one day. And I got like 15 people that left us reviews. And I don't mind getting the bad reviews. We've you got know, some very good reviews lately. We though. have. But you and know what I do not much. like? What? When the dumb some bitches spell words wrong when they write our reviews. <laughs> and then, well, if, if, if you're going to criticize us. If it's a least, bad review, right? Yeah, if it's a bad <laughs> review, at least say. At least, yeah. Don't spell awful with an E. <laughs> it was awful. That See, if it was awful made you full of awe, then we should get five stars, you dumb son of a bitch. But when you put. Well, let, let, sure. let me get back to the story. Thank, uh, you thank me, you. Get thank my you. blood pressure all worked up here. Tonight. I'm sorry, Colonel. We don't want that. So anyway, so about this time in Austin, Janet uh, began, where well, she's in Austin now, University of Texas, right, living in the ghetto. She began performing at uh, what's called Folk Sings. And this is like time of the folk music, you know, and um, the coffee shops and all that, coffee houses. Uh, there were casual ma- uh, musical gatherings where anyone could, on campus could perform, and uh, that's what she did. Um, she started performing and get you know getting her confidence up. Um, and you know she if you've ever heard her, you know she has a very forceful, gutsy singing style, and it just uh, won over the you know the audience. They were amazed. Uh, she was like unlike any other white female vocalist at the time. 
including folks like Joan Baez and Judy Collins, because they were known for their gentle sound. And well, I yeah, mean, yeah, they and, and Joan Joan Baez just has a beautiful voice. Yeah, and, yeah. but she, I I believe Joan Baez was classically trained. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they had and and Janis Joplin did not have what would be considered a classically good no. voice, right? But she had, uh, we, you, you could hear. I mean, it was almost, it wasn't, as you said, it, she wasn't classically trained. It was almost instinctual, or yeah. or mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like a, a passion. It was very primal, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, That's a good word yeah. for it, primal. Um, she would uh, Janice would act, um, in Austin meet up with um, Chet Helms, who would act, who took her uh, back uh, to Northern California uh, or North Beach, California, which in 1963 was considered the Greenwich Village of the West Coast. Uh, so she went back to uh, back to California a second time, uh, and she would sing in bars and coffee houses. So she's starting, you know, kind of to get come out of her shell a little bit. Starting to get some gigs, uh, not very successful, you know, not not you know not knocking down any doors or anything like that. But you know, she's starting to make a name for herself, um, and she actually um, played a side had a side stage performance in the 1963 Monterey Folk Festival, which later on Monterey the Monterey Pop Festival became, became yeah, yeah became became the place where she really. Uh, she really emerged as a, a, a star. But in 1963, she played at the Monterey Folk Festival on a small stage. Um, but her career at that point still wasn't getting, you know, gaining much traction. She then went to New York City for a while, where she was hoping to have better luck getting her career off the ground. But um, by this point, she was drinking and using drugs a lot. She would, uh, be, she began to regularly use uh, speed uh, uh, or amphetamines and other drugs. And, um, of course, this interfered with her musical aspirations. Uh, by 1964, and she's 19 at this time, her musical career was stalling. She was out of school. Uh, she was full, you know, full tilt into the drug culture. Um, and she started uh, shooting up heroin and drinking 80-proof liquor. So she's you know, started very, you know, getting into the hard stuff very early age. No good comes from nature. No, no, not not when you start. It it started any time, but you start doing that at 19. Yeah. uh, It's going to have an effect on your body. Um, And she wasn't good at handling rejection. Again, coming, you know, from her childhood and what she experienced as a kid growing up where all the, you know, all her classmates were making fun of her. And, you know, in a career in music or any career in the arts, you kind of have to have tough skin because you're going to be rejected a lot. It's kind of well, like me and women. You know, you kind of... <laughs> it's a numbers game, Timmy. It's it's a numbers <laughs> game, you know. I just let it roll. You know, if I'm successful 10% of the time, you know... It, and I've often said to me, the greatest gift in my life that uh-huh. I have, uh-huh. I have absolutely no fear of rejection. Ah, me neither when it comes to women. I do not women. care and... and and there was, with with Janis Joplin, you know, the thing that that you have to, you know, kind of point out was 
there was a smoldery sexiness to the woman, but she was not physically an attractive woman. No. Uh, and and it's weird at times. And at times she could appear to be, but yeah. for the most part she was She was, she was plain. She was, she was she very was, plain. Yeah. She tried to dress herself up. But, um, uh, but when she was on stage, I mean, when she was on stage. Her persona on stage it was, was as sexy as yeah. she, she used to say. Uh, you know, and she lived a pretty lonely life, a pretty sad life. But she used to, I mean, one of her most famous quotes was that uh, she, uh, every night, she'd say, every night I, 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 I make love, talking about being on stage, I mm-hmm. make love to 25,000 people, but I go home alone. Mm-hmm. And really, when she was on stage, it was she was like she was making love. I mean, it was yeah. very sexual, very sensual. She was given everything that she had on stage. She didn't. You know, she didn't leave anything out on the field when she was on stage. Um, and you can even see that going back and looking yeah. at her tapes and stuff, uh, videos of her now, um, looking back on it. She was an incredible performer. But anyway, this is in late 1964. Her career's not going anywhere. So she decides to move back to Port Arthur, Texas, hoping to kick her drug habit and kind of uh, rehabilitate herself. And try to live a normal life. She took a break from music and partying. She started dressing conservatively, wearing long dresses, and even wearing a beehive hairdo. You can't imagine <laughs> Janis Joplin wearing a beehive. Uh, but um, she was trying to be straight-laced. She was trying to play it straight up. It was this time, uh, right before she moved back to Port Arthur, she met a young man named Peter LeBlanc. Uh, and he worked for IBM. He, he had a successful career in IBM. They had a relationship. And um, he asked her to marry him. And he actually flew down to uh, Port Arthur or whatever the local, the, lo- the, the closest airport was. He visited her parents. He dressed up in a suit. And uh, he went to visit her parents. And he asked her father for her hand in marriage. So uh, she, father said yes, and you know it was looked like she was going to live a pretty traditional life. Uh, Janice and her mother began planning the wedding, but shortly after, um, Peter LeBlanc uh, terminated the plans to get married. So that's some bitch. Yeah, and and you know in her personal life she never really had long lasting relationships. As we said, she had a couple. This was one of them. It's the only time that I know of she was engaged. And again, she's only 27 when she died, so yeah. she didn't. It wasn't like she, you know, uh, you know, wasn't like she was an old maid. But still, she 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 had uh, you know she didn't really have strong personal uh, romantic relationships anyway. And then we said she experimented with at least experimented with lesbianism during her during her life, which was at the time was, you know, was, you know, was not the normal, right? It was during no, the was 50s not and 60s. No, it was not nearly as, ex- I mean, they had what? It wasn't acceptable. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't accepted by even society. Even when you got into the 70s with the free love, that was not, you know, that right. acceptable as, it's as common as it is today. Right, exactly. Um, so anyway, she tries to live this straight-laced life, but, you know, it just wasn't, you know, she was a, you know, trying to fit a, square peg into a round hole it just wasn't going to work um and she still wanted you know she still had this desire to pursue her musical dreams 
Um, so she returned to uh, performing. In May of 1966, she was recruited by a friend named Travis Rivers to audition for a new psychedelic rock band based in San Francisco called Big Brother and the Holding Company. At the time, the group was managed by another longtime friend of Janice's, Chet Helms. Remember, she went out with Chet mm-hmm. Helms out to L.A. the second yeah. time she went out to California. Uh, Big Brother and, uh, and Holding Company's members included James Gurley, David Getz, Peter Albin, and Sam Andrew. Uh, they were part of the burgeoning, emerging San Francisco music scene in the late 1960s. Uh, among uh, other bands involved in this scene was, of course, the Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane. We just, I mean, it seems like we're on the streak with podcasts where we're talking about this era in the 60s mm-hmm. in San Francisco. We had the, yeah. uh, we had, of course, the... Altamont. We uh, well, had, uh, well, we had Altamont, and then we had... Uh, the Manson Murders. Manson Murders, and... yeah. And as I mentioned, when I, I last time I was out in San Francisco, I went to uh, Haight-Ashbury, and um, it's, you know, it's a really cool area. And, that, of course, that was the famous, uh, you know, area where uh, hippies and musicians and, and uh, the whole beatnik culture was, vi- you know, really striving back in the late 60s. 67, uh, of course, was a summer of love. And anyway, I saw the apartment where Janis Joplin lived. And um, and as I said, I, uh, a friend of mine, a friend, a guy I know out there owns a store, and uh, he sells memorabilia and he owns a phone book from the late 60s that had Janis Joplin's uh, name and that'd be pretty yeah, listed to see. yeah it was yeah. listed and it was kind of cool anyway so Janis goes out in uh, 1966 to uh, audition for Big Brother and a whole a holding company and she just blows away you know she just blows him away during her audition and she's quickly offered uh, membership in the group as a lead female vocalist. In the early days, though, uh, of the band, she just sang a few songs and played uh, tambourine in the background. But uh, it wasn't long before she assumed a bigger role because it was clear that she, you know, she was the talent of that band. Uh, and Big Brother and Holding Company developed quite a following in the Bay Area. In August of 1967, uh, that was marked the beginning of something really big for Janice and the band. Remember I said that she had played at the Monterey Folk Festival Mm -hmm. back in 63. Right. But 1967, uh, her and Big Brother and the Holding Company would play at the Monterey Pop Festival, and uh, she just really just blew away everyone in attendance dressed and you can you can you can check this out on youtube it's still out there but she was dressed in this velvety outfit covered head to toes with pearl necklaces um she did a sex charged rendition of love is like a ball and chain colonel and uh i know you can relate to that it is like a ball and chain, Timmy. <laughs> it is like a ball and, and chain. And it, it's really considered, this is really considered where she really made her breakthrough and the Janis Joplin legend was born at this concert. Three months later, she had the same effect at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Uh, so she's, at this point, really uh, starting to take off. Her career starting to take off. Uh, with um, these performances, uh, after these two performances, they went. she went... They went from making fifteen hundred dollars a gig 
to ten thousand dollars a gig for their performances. Fifteen hundred so, was a lot of money. That was a lot then. of money back yeah. then. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not bad money today for yeah. a band to do a gig for fifteen hundred uh, in free beer. But I mean, to do to do uh, in the late nineteen sixties, mid nineteen sixties, earning ten thousand dollars a performance, uh, you know, you're really taking off. Um, so uh, the band, though, she was. Yeah, she had conflicts with the band, um, but they got a a, uh, a large recording contract with CBS Records, Columbia Records, and they released their first album, Cheap Thrills. I mean, you can everyone loves Cheap Thrills, Colonel. Oh yeah, the cheaper the better. Yeah, and the thrillier the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah I go for cheap. Um, but anyway, that record sold millions of copies. And so now she's, you know, she's really taken off. The band and her really taken off. But really she was seen, you know, she was the star, right? She was the, she was, she was the lead singer and uh, she was the star. So that, you know, how that works. So there's always some friction there uh, when that happens. Uh, like George Michael and Wham, Colonel. Yeah. Although George Michael, uh, you know, interesting facts about that. He wrote that, uh, oh, what song was it? He Did he wrote uh, Do They Know It's Christmas, I believe. Oh, yeah. Way before, way uh, but there was, another, there was another song that he, who was the guy, Peter Ridgely? Or Ridgely Andrew Ridgely. Mm-hmm. Um, after George Michael, they broke up. George Michael wrote a song, and it went, I can't think of what the hell it was. It, can't, it was his first big hit. Mm-hmm. And he gave Ridgely a writing credit on it, even though Michael had written it when he was 17 years old. Um, just because he wanted to make sure he got some of the money from it. Ah, okay. And probably uh, setting for life or probably still getting rolled. He was a very, he, you know, he, he just died, but he was a very generous man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but as often occurs with bands, if one member is getting attention, it creates friction with the other members. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you and I get the attention. And, yeah, Bray and, and the Bray devil gets yeah. left out yeah, and she gets she, nasty. That's yeah. why I think that, and listeners, you need to give Brandy just a, now not a lot of love because, you know, she doesn't deserve that. But right. Give her a little bit of love now and again, even though she, you know, kind of, she lacks the charm and the finesse and uh really the sophistication that we do oh of course um but you know be nice to the woman because i think that's what makes it mean so often yeah to me. yeah she's she's you can tell she's that she has a lot of anger issues well she's really the tito jackson of the group <laughs> she I really mean, is. You know, doesn't contribute a whole lot not a lot no yeah no. she's long for the ride can't even play an instrument yeah just, uh, but we love her yeah kinda. we do but i mean she's you know she can't even play a damn tambourine so Cheap Thrills uh, sold millions of copies, uh, but Janice uh, was still not satisfied with the career. Uh, Timmy, you know what she is? What? Me and you are the hall, and uh-huh. she's the oats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. I always wonder what that guy did. What the hell does he do? Hey, just a friend of He gets half Hall, the credit for everything, and he's just playing the guitar half-assed. He ain't even a good guitarist. So anyway, uh, their appearance at the, as we talked about before, the Monterey Pop Festival uh, and their version of Ball and Chain, that became so famous, and that uh, led to you know them getting a lot of opportunities, including this record contract. But it's still... 
uh, Janice was not, you know, wasn't, she wasn't doing what she really wanted to do uh, because, uh, and again, she was getting flack from her bandmates because most of the praise was focused on Janice's, uh, Janice's vocals, right? Now, she continued to drink and drug during this time, uh, fueled by heroin, amphetamines, and bourbon. She drank straight from the bottles during gigs. Um, she had this uh, unrestrained sexual raw style uh, that would just mesmerize all audiences. And uh, that attention that she got, as I said, create, or that attention she got from that created tension between uh, Janice and her bandmates. You know, it's like when Brandy, you know, t- starts talking about her boobs and stuff. That piss yeah. you off when she just talks well, about her boobs because we don't have them, and yeah. she knows she knows that's her go- that's her ace in the hole. Yeah, that she's got boobs. Yeah, yeah here's had, my boobs. I've had it's a, like this stripper. I've had a, a baby. You've been in a strip club, and and there's a, a stripper who just won't dance or anything. Just comes out and says, "Here's my boobs. Give me a dollar." And you know sometimes the boobs is worth them. Not even the, sometimes it's just the art. We were talking about yeah, art before. Yeah. Sometimes the boobs is just works of art. All right, so um, so she's dissatisfied with the with the band right now. She's doing a lot of drugs. Um, the Albert Grossman, who had already managed Bob Dylan, the band, and Peter Paul and Mary, uh, was si- later signed as the band's manager. And um, he was able to get them out of another record deal, deal that they had with uh, mainstream records. So she she's trying to get out. You know, she's trying to get out to go on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, the album, their second album, was wildly successful as well and included hits Peace of My Heart, which is one of my favorites, and Summertime. Uh, it had been a very challenging process to create the record because of the problems between Janice and the, and the band members. Um, but, um, she, you know, her, her time with the Big Brother and Holding Company definitely solidified her reputation of having a unique, dynamic, and bluesy style. Um, but again, uh, she was frustrated and she decides that she's going to go out and have a solo career. Now, she, she really struggled with a decision to leave Big Brother. And because the band had been, you know, it had become like a family. Mm-hmm. But she decided to part ways, and she played her last gig in December 1968. And then she had a- Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Historic performance of Woodstock in August 1969. That's when she released her first solo album, Got Them Old Cosmic Blues Again, Mama, in Great September, album, by the way. With, cos- with uh, the Cosmic Blues Band. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the project's most memorable songs were Try Just a Little Bit Harder and a cover of the Bee Gees tune, To Love Somebody, To Love Somebody, The Way I Love You. Now, Colonel, I think, I like your cover, Colonel, but I I, I think Janice's probably was a little bit better. Hers was a little different. Yeah, we, we different. had different taste, you, you bring different the interpretations. Same sexual, animal, yeah, it, the sexual, same raw sexuality. Yeah, yeah. 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 Raw is the word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the Cosmic Blues Band received mixed reviews. I just had to sing a BG song if they're going to come up. Uh, they received mixed reviews with some media outlets criticizing another, them. Every time you sing a BG song, a BG dies. <laughs> Somebody, or an angel dies. And they're, only, they're down to one BG. So. Yeah, I got to watch it. Yeah. Now, feeling uniquely pressured to prove herself as a female solo artist in a male-dominated industry, the criticism caused distress for Joplin. And she said, that was a pretty heavy time for me. It was really important, you know, whether people were going to accept me or not. Now, outside of music, Joplin appeared to be struggling with alcohol and drugs, including an addiction to heroin. Her next album will be a most successful, and I believe that's one that had me and Bobby McGee on it, um, but tragically, also her last. Yeah, and probably her most famous album. Yeah. And that was... Um, Pearl. Pearl. Mm-hmm. And interesting story. Now, you know, she dated Chris Christopherson. Right. And Chris Christopherson was a little hesitant to let her record. Me and um, Bobby McGee. Me and Bobby McGee. Because right. he wrote Me and Bobby McGee. He wrote it, and he knew that if she said, he said this before mm-hmm. I've heard him say it. He knew that if she sang the song, mm-hmm. his version will forever be forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's and, he he right. and he was right. And he was right. And, and how uh, many people has recorded that song too? I mean, yeah, you know, but ne- never. I mean, you always think of the Janice. Yeah, you always uh, think of the Janice, and his version's very good. Yeah, his is a little, but um, but he he really didn't. But he said it, there was this thing in the back of his mind that he knew mm-hmm. if she recorded that song, yeah, his would never ever yeah. be compared to it, yeah. and his would be completely forgotten. And he Another was right. interesting, he was right. huh? He was right. Another interesting thing she did, according to rumor, um, is at a party in Hollywood one time, uh, she hit Jim Morrison in the head with a whiskey bottle and knocked him out. (laughs) He said something up to her and was coming on to her, and she didn't like it, and he hit her in the head with a whiskey bottle. But Chris Christopher dated her. They were Uh kind of a pair, and he he talked a lot about her, and he said that he knew... Um, she was a star that was going to burn out very quickly. That, that she was not m- meant 
sure. long for this world. And he'd seen that. This is a guy who'd seen guys like Johnny Cash mm-hmm. and himself. You know, they, they were big drug users. Sure. And, um, Waylon Jennings. Yeah, and he said he'd never seen anything like Janice. Um, I, so, think he got, I think he was, uh, wouldn't he like decorated in the army chris christopherson chris christopherson was an interesting guy he he was he was given an appointment to west at west yeah, point I to remember, teach. yeah i remember something that and he, he was, left um to go write songs in tempe or uh, in nashville so you know he was writing songs for people he, before he yeah, ever recorded but they i I, I knew i thought he had a pretty distinguished yeah he had a mili- very distinguished military, military career, career. He, yeah. he got a west point appointment to teach and when he got there yeah he was he a realized, captain in the u.s army yeah yeah and he decided you know what that's not what i want to do he was also a road scholar uh yeah that's what i was thinking i knew he was very um yeah he went to oxford he was a road scholar he was a captain in the u.s uh, military u.s army i uh, and for my and money he's one of the top five american I, songwriters and i was going to say just think of all the songs that he has written over you know his yeah life. He, he's an incredible performer but okay. they were they were an item for off and, and probably on. his most famous song was me and Bobby me and McGee. Me, Bobby McGee. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, she recorded that and made it 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 huge. Now, her insecurity started. Now she's really famous now, and now she's getting really insecure. Mm-hmm. And so she turns to drugs and alcohol. And her demons of choice, Timmy, are much like the devil, Southern comfort. Now the devil doesn't do heroin, <laughs> but Hers she, were Southern she keeps Comfort a bottle. Marriage. She keeps a bottle of Southern Comfort in her purse. And and I, just tell me if this describes anybody you might have gone out with, Timmy. <laughs> God, okay. As if that weren't or enough. Or everyone I've gone yeah. out with. Now remember, we got a Janice would often accompany those delicacies, delicacies with a dessert cocktail of amphetamines and barbiturates. <laughs> And let's not forget another old friend to which Janice just could not say no, sex. From which she would eventually contact, contract time. gonorrhea. So by 26, you got a drug-addicted, alcoholic, gonorrheic woman. Who, She's doing heroin, too. Doing heroin, <laughs> who's probably oh, going to yeah. show up on your match.com, um, Timmy. Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm this swiping like left the, on she, Tinder. <laughs> If she got daddy issues, she is the perfect woman for uh, you, man. Timmy. Uh, you can get rid of the gonorrhea real quickly. You don't yeah. want to mess with that one, but yeah. Now she would man. It should be nice to hear her sing. <laughs> but she'd eventually turn to methadone to try to get off heroin, and she was in and out of rehab. Yeah, heroin is the tough one to overcome, man. But she was now she was loved by millions of people. Um, but Janice needed to win over. There was still a bunch of people she needed to win over. Yeah, it was the people she grew up with. The people remember? she grew up they, with. and here's, here's, She never really got over that, how bad they treated how, her. No, and I don't know that you ever do. I don't think you, you know, once you're in high school and you're a misfit and an outcast, I think you have to, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I was just a normal kid in high school, but... Um, she uh, talked about it on the Dick Cavett show, and we have a we have a short clip of that. Yeah, me? let's play that. This is uh, Janice Joplin on the Dick Cavett uh, show. She's being interviewed and uh, talking about um, she's going to talk about going back home to Port Arthur uh, after being away, after finding success and being away, and she's going to talk about going back to her tenth um, annual high school reunion. Let's give it a listen. You ever get back to 
Texas? No, but I'm going back next in August, man. I guess what I'm doing. I don't know. Next I'm going to my 10th annual high school reunion. Take movies and bring them back. Hey, would shows, you like to go? Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember. I don't have that many friends in your high school class. Or, I don't either. Or mine for that. <laughs> I don't either. Believe me. <laughs> you don't either. You, what, you were, uh, weren't you kind of a? Uh, weren't you kind of a business administration major or something in, in high school? Or, no, it's no. something in your past. You were. Uh, I worked. Yeah. Had something to do with IBM cards. Once I did that, yeah, I worked IBM cards. But in school, I majored in, in art. I was a painter at the time. Yeah. And do you think you'll have a lot to say to your old high school classmates? I'm going to laugh a lot, man. Were you not uh, surrounded by friends in high school? They laughed me out of class, out of town, and out of the state. Mm -hmm. So I'm going home. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, Janice talking about going home. I love, I love and, that quote. And that was actually a little awkward because Dick Cavett didn't, you know, you could see that he. Yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to bring up. You, you could tell he didn't want. He didn't to know go what there. he was. He didn't know what how how that was going to take that turn. Yeah, and you could tell he was afraid to ask that question because he didn't want to bring up all those bad memories because he didn't know. Right. And, yeah. So uh, he's like, and he looked. You know, he felt bad for. Her. Yeah. He just. But I love. You know. I love it when she says, "Yeah, they laughed me out. They laughed me out of class. They laughed me out of town. They laughed me out of state. Mm, now I'm yeah. going home. Now I'm going home. <laughs> Laugh." Now, she attended a high school reunion accompanied by uh, fellow musician and friend Bob Newworth, road manager John Cook, and her sister Laura. But it was reportedly an unhappy experience for her. She held a press conference in Port Arthur during her reunion visit. Rolling Stone journalist Chet Filippo reported that she wore enough jewelry, jewelry for a Babylonian whore. Yeah. So Again, she... who's that? come to mind to me <laughs> well i think she's trying to make a statement there she was mm -hmm. now when she asked by a reporter if she was if she ever entertained at a high school she stated only when i walked down the halls yeah now, so it, it didn't turn out to be a great reunion as as she had hoped but uh she made her point i think now by the time the 70s rolled around timmy she was suffering from drug abuse mm -hmm. gonorrhea still that she had not gotten mm -hmm. taken care of and alcoholism yeah she's and again she's not 27 years old at this point yeah and that advanced gonorrhea has got to be a little yeah a little difficult on you um you wouldn't you would have thought by then well you the thing is well, I guess, it, it, i'm sure it's very i'm sure it's very hard on you but she was so drugged up all the time with opiates. you know that's true and, I, and i've heard that often you know some of these diseases women often don't have side you know yeah they don't know up. right so they don't and, know and, <clears throat> and even if she was having some sort of pain or whatever she was either drunk or yeah uh doped up on uh opiates that she probably wouldn't have noticed but you know what the gonorrhea according to one of our listeners is more popular than our show <laughs> <laughs> so. that's true according to one of our reviews that's true so by the so anyway she's she's racked by drug abuse gonorrhea and alcoholism and she puts together a new band Full Tilt Boogie with, you know, hoping to rekindle a past success there. Now, with this new band, she went to L.A. to record an album she'd call Pearl. Mm -hmm. 
despite picking up those old habits again. Her bandmates always claimed she was hardworking and sober while recording the album. She recorded Pearl with the Full, Full Tilt Boogie Band and wrote two of its songs, The Powerful Rocking Move Over and Mercedes Benz. It's a gospel-style send-up of consumerism. I love Mercedes Benz. They claimed she would do drugs in the evening after recording sessions at a nearby place, room 105 at the Landmark Hotel. Remember that part, room. Okay. Between recording sessions, Janice would tour with Full Tilt. Her last performance will be at Harvard Stadium, August 12th, 1970. And this is, again, this is right, not too long. She went to her high school reunion was in August of 1970. So this was, you know, just after that. August 14th. Yeah. So, Or right around that time. No, you know what, Timmy? Her high school reunion was on August 15th, so this was two days before her. Uh, okay. Her last Th- performance. Three days. Three days before, yeah. Um, was right before that, and she, uh, it said she had 40,000 fans there, Timmy. That's quite a concert. Now, October 3rd, 1970, she, almost, was, she was almost finished with a new album, but she visits Sunset Sound Studios in L.A. That's where the Doors recorded a lot of their stuff to listen to the instrumental track for Buried Alive in the Blues prior to laying down the vocal track schedule for the next day. Unfortunately, she would never get the chance to record, Timmy. That evening, she would go to Barney's Beanery on Santa Monica Boulevard, have a drink or two, then return to her room and get another heroin fix on, Timmy. She injected herself by skin popping, which works slower than injecting directly into the veins. A normal IV injection sends a drug to the brains within seconds. Popping the heroin mixture can take as long as 90 minutes to take maximum effect. And the problem with that is you don't... You don't know what's going to happen You don't know to what's going to happen. I remember uh, a friend of my brother's. I went back in, um, you know, my, my brothers were older than me. So in the early 70s, they had a lot of friends. You know, they had a lot of friends who were, you know, when I was like 10, 12, they were 18... 1920 and one of them was doing uh was doing acid mm-hmm. and he had taken a couple of hits of acid and he was waiting and nothing happened and he just thought he had a bad dosage or whatever well he pops two more and as soon as he pops he's mm-hmm. the, the first, first one, one kick kicks in, in. Yeah. i did that with muscle relaxers <laughs> timmy i had some i had a problem with my shoulder the doctor gave me these flexorols or mm-hmm. something like that so I took one, and, and I'm thinking, ain't doing a damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel nothing. Right. So I took another one, and uh, still, mm-hmm. I don't feel nothing. Right. So I took the third one, and I'm sitting <laughs> on my couch, and I'm like, this thing ain't doing a damn thing. I don't even know why they even give Why don't they just give me Tylenol? Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm going to go get me a soda out of the refrigerator. And nothing on my body would move, Timmy. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty alert. Yeah. I was pretty, but my body would not move. Yeah. I could not coord myself, yeah. coordinate myself. So in this case, she did the popping that slowed the effect, yeah. basically. Delayed the effect. So after popping, Janice took a shot and went down to the lobby to pick up a pack of Marlboros. Like you, like you should. As you should, yes. Mm-hmm. That's what the colonel used to smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I encourage anybody who's on the Marlboros now to get off of them. Go uh, with the electronic. Good for you. Go with the electronic. Go with the electronic cigarette. It'll help you out greatly. Um, but anyway, she said hello to the night clerk, George Sandoz, asked him for change for a five. He gave her the change. 
she went back to her room. Now, earlier in the day, now think about this. Early in the day, she had already finished off a quart of tequila and taken a couple volumes. Oh, man. Now, who do you know, Timmy, <laughs> that can finish off a quart of tequila and take a couple volume in a week? Well, the only person I know that can do you that devil, is, yeah. is at lunch right now. Is, yeah. <laughs> and that's what she had for breakfast. Right, right, was, right. Yeah. But yeah, that's enough to yeah. kill any man. Yeah, that's enough to put put one to sleep. Now, what happened next is based purely on speculation and investigation. It's kind of put together, but apparently she stripped down to uh, panties hmm. and t-shirt, waiting for the drug to kick in. And as you would, as you would, yeah. Hmm. You, if I when I took my flexorols, I <laughs> went down to my box of briefs and sat on the couch and just wait. Wait for something to happen. I'm waiting for something. Melted I had, into that like when, I, when I was a social worker, I worked with this guy who was really struggling with um, a disability. And, you know, we were doing a social assessment of him. He had mental health issues. And he had he had 12 kids. Damn. And he was a single parent, 12 kids. And, and I said, well, you know, I was trying to get him to describe what his day was like. So I said, what do you do? And he said, well, I wake up about 9 o'clock. I said, well, then what do you do? And he said, well... Uh, I wake up and then I give me a cup of coffee and I sit on the couch and wait for something to happen. <laughs> See, that's the way to live your life, Timmy. Yeah. Well, it's you know, with twelve kids, something's gonna happen. <laughs> something's gonna happen. I'm just gonna sit here and wait to. I'm just gonna see what happens here. Well, what happens? So she stripped down. She's down to a t-shirt and a panties. And when the heroin finally took effect, she was apparently caught off guard. She she became unconscious. She fell to the floor, striking her head on the dresser on the way down. Um, nobody would find her for 18 hours. And 18 hours, she was found face down, wedged between the dresser and the bed. Yeah, and there was some controversy. Apparently, uh, one of her friends was supposed to come over and didn't. And had she came over, she may have found her in time. Yeah. But there was also reports that she told the desk clerk, have no one to disturb, not let anyone to disturb her. So who knows what's the case. But, you know, uh, apparently it wouldn't have probably mattered anyway. No, and isn't that um, how, what's his name? Oh, he was married to Elizabeth Taylor. Richard. Richard Burton? That's how, ain't that how he died? He got drunk, sure. passed out, and hit his head and bled to death. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think uh, they... I, I now, mean, she I think, died from the overdose. Yeah, she died from she, the heroin I, overdose. But, but I believe she may have bled to death had um, it not been from yeah, the overdose. Or, or she certainly had a head injury yeah. based upon hitting her head. So dry blood from the you know blunt force trauma was all over, mm -hmm. uh, stained her face, and you know just she was covered in it. And John Cook, the band manager, would become concerned when Janice didn't show up for a recording session the next day. And... Uh, he tried to reach her by phone. Then he went to the hotel, found her lying beside the bed, the $4.50 cigarette change still in her hand. Now, coroner to the stars, Thomas Noguchi, would report that Janice died of an acute heroin, morphine intoxication. Coroner to, to the stars. Isn't that who Quincy played? When mm -hmm. his, his character is supposed to be based upon? Yeah, Noguchi was a Los Angeles or corner i guess that did all those yeah know. he did uh, bobby kennedy i think he did a ton of books and mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe, maybe wrote a book mm -hmm. and um now although her death was ruled accidental her demise was uh spelled out many years before 
as that young girl in Port Arthur just couldn't find a way to me. Yeah. In alignment with her wishes, her body was cremated in the Pierce Brother Westwood Village Mortuary and her ashes strewn along the northern California coastline near Stinson Beach. See, that's what I want you guys to do with me. I want you to take my ashes. Uh, we'll take them any way you want, Timmy. I went up by the, the bay, you know. Now, another of her dying wishes, she requested $2,500 be set aside for her own ways at which the Grateful Dead and other performers will provide entertainment. Now, that's a party. I'm not, party, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not leaving $2,500 for you guys to have a party. You forget yeah, that. Yeah, I won't get to that, but we'll see if we can get Bruce to come on. Okay. Or at, uh, least, at least see if you can get someone who does Bruce's cover. A Bruce come. cover band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're free. They're not playing the inauguration. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, I, I mean, that whole thing, what, I, what I'm thinking about is, why would you get? There are so many bands in the country that yeah. if you why said, would, you know, why, why would, would the hell would you want a cover band at the, at the thing? I don't, and because if they turn you down, it looks really bad. Yeah, well, and you know, again, we try to stay away from right. politics, but you have to know. There's no way you cannot know what side of the political spectrum right. Bruce Springsteen is on. Right, right, and. It, and they make their living off of They him. make their living <laughs> off of his, basically they make their living off of his kindness because he could get an injunction to sure. stop them at sure. any time he sure. wanted. Sure, sure. Um, but he does not. Yeah. And we're talking about the cover band that, uh, the Bruce Springsteen cover band who turned down an opportunity to play at the inauguration is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, you know, many of these, like this band, they had signed on to play the inauguration before they knew who was winning. Right, who was right, win. right. And so many of these people, and, and you know, country music is loaded mm -hmm. with conservative people. Sure. Um, but they did not want to get in the middle of this yeah. controversy. Right, because it, it doesn't, it's not good business. No, it's not. It's mm -hmm. it's you know, and and there's probably you know Toby Keith's big enough. You mm -hmm. know, he played. He's big enough. He ain't gonna worry about right, it. Right, right. You know, and and much like Bruce played at both of Obama's. Right. Uh, well, he played his inauguration. He played right. um, his last convention. But right. If you're big enough, you don't have to worry about. You don't it. have to but worry if about you, it. If if you're you know if you're 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 not you're not established or you're. You know, you're a B kind of B type of celebrity. Yeah. You got to worry about well, that. Well, and and you got to remember that you know he did not do especially well with young voters right. who are you know going to support you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It, it the whole thing kind of surprised me a little bit because I thought there would be a lot more um, because there you know Randy Owen from Alabama campaigned for mm -hmm. Mitt Romney. Right, you know, actively campaign for him, meatloaf, you know. I think if it had been a normal election and you would have someone like a, and Mitt I Romney, think that's what it was, is uh -huh. that there was so much contentiousness in yeah. this election that it wasn't necessarily Trump. Mm -hmm. It was that people didn't want to be associated yeah. with the whole event. Yeah, they because just it's so, to be away from it's it. so, um, you know, this. this it, it's become this thing where you have you have to choose a side. Yeah, and. People don't. There's a lot of people who don't want to choose sides. Yeah. Well, you know? and, I, and we, as I said, it's it's not good business because you're gonna either way you go, you're gonna make someone mad. So yeah. you're better off just to stay out of it. So so anyway, 
she has this party. It's held at the Lion's Share in San Anselmo. This is her wake. Yeah, her wake. The invitations are given out to 200 special guests that would read, Drinks are on Pearl. Oh. Now, oh. she died on October 4th, 1970. She was 27. She died just two weeks after her friend, Jimi Hendrix, and less than one year before the doors, Jim Morrison would perish. You know, you know dude, I heard a weird, uh, weird theory is that you remember we talked about um, uh, during the Manson murders, the Tate LaBlanca murders, mm-hmm. that uh, Sharon Tate's father, I think his name was Paul, was yeah. a uh, 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 in the army with intelligence yes. in the army. Um, there's this crazy theory online that he won after Manson killed his daughter. He went he, after all the musicians. Uh, I've heard that. Uh, he went after uh, Janice, and and he was involved with the death of Janis Joplin, the Jimi Hendrix, of of uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, I, you know, I think it's all crazy, but you know, it's you know. But she spent a lot of time in San Francisco. She may have crossed paths with Charlie. Um, yeah, I mean they they were there at the same time. They, they certainly were traveling were at, yeah. it, in some way I think in the same she, circles. I think at this point she was probably bigger. You yeah, know oh I mean? yeah. She was a star at that point, but yeah, certainly hate Ashbury. She, I mean, when you hear, uh, you know, their streets hate Ashbury. Mm-hmm. When you talk about hate Ashbury, her apartment is literally at, at hate, the corner. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe two doors down. And it's right there. So it certainly was right in the area where Manson was, uh, you know, was doing his thing. And he was recruiting his uh, family. Well, Full Full Tilt Boogie, they continued to finish the album as Janice had already laid down some vocal tracks. The song Buried Alive in the Blues would appear on the album as an instrumental as Janice never recorded those vocals. And Pearl is now considered Janice Joplin's most successful commercial and artistic achievement it spawns that's obviously my baby trust me mercedes benz and me and bobby mcgee yeah it's considered one of the greatest albums of all time now she was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1995 um she was well known for obviously her performing audience and critics referred to her stage presence as electric um rolling stone ranked janice Number 46 on its 2004 list of 100 great all-time singers. Um, and in 2013, Washington Washington's Arena Stage featured a production of A Night with Janis Joplin starring Mary Bridget Davies. In it, Joplin puts on a concert for the audience while telling stories of her past inspirations including Odetta, Aretha, Aretha Franklin, and others. And yeah, it went on think, tour. Yeah, it played here in Cincinnati. I didn't see it, but it played here in Cincinnati. And so. I had, she, and you know who really was her big inspiration? Mm-hmm. Um, she loved Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. um, but she called her the Empress of the Blues. And if you don't know her, look her up on YouTube, Bessie Smith. Oh, yeah, Bessie Smith. Now, of course, it was Billie Holiday, but you remember Tina Turner was big at this time, too. Sure. And she was a big influence on, because Tina Turner was very, their performing styles were very similar. You know, Tina mm-hmm. Turner was very raw sexually, you know, this this very sexual thing. And, and Billie Holiday was a big influence yeah. on we her. We have to do a podcast on Billie Holiday at some point, too. She had an interesting life. Now, on in November, she was given the 2,500th 
2510th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. On August 18, 2014, the U.S. Postal Service made a stamp for Janice as part of its Music Icons Forever stamp series. Um, and in December 15, 2015, Amy Berg released her biographical documentary film Janice, Little Girl Blue, narrated by Cap Power. It was a New York critic's pick. She remains, Janice still remains one of the top-selling musicians in the United States uh, with Recording Industry Association of America certifications of 15.5 million wow. albums sold. Wow. It's not bad for a misfit from Port Arthur, Texas, Timmy. No, it wasn't. She had quite a career, and and when you look at it, you think, hey, she was only 27. She only 27 lived to be 27. Made quite a... And that's when, you know, that's when really they, musicians, most musicians to me start to hit their... Yeah. Um, really just are beginning... To hit their stride. To hit their stride. They, yeah. they haven't even done their best work yet. Yeah. And she... Uh, she had an amazing, um, amazing career and was, uh, you know, that, that lives on now. I mean, it's, you know, you know, I, that was what? That was 1970. That was oh, damn near 50 years ago or 40. Well, and I think she, you seven know, there, years ago. there's something that she's, um, there's something that resonates with every, you know, and I, and I don't mean this in a bad way because mm -hmm. just a regular person, a popular person. But if, By the way, if you're Jen, a misfit girl, mm -hmm. you know, somehow you don't fit in or something, and every girl, you know, mm -hmm. and every girl at some point feels like they don't fit in. Sure. And then you're, um, you're dealing with teenagers. weight issues and acne and, yeah. you're an, you know, people are making fun of you. And she is the one who, despite all that, became this kind of sex symbol. Yeah. You yeah. know. The, through, through, through music. Yeah. Um, as we were mentioning, the 27, uh, 27 Club, those are people, artists who died at the age of 27. Also included uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, Jim Morrison, and as we mentioned earlier, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on Pearl. Pearl she was a tragic story, but she was one of those people, I, and I believe much like Amy Winehouse, much like Kurt Cobain, they were not meant for this world. Yeah. And, and Mar like Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, they, they yeah. Just, uh, are not going, they're going to have a very, you know, they had a very uh, successful life. Uh, they do a lot of great things, but they just burn out way too quickly yeah and um tragic story but another another in a series on our suicide our suicide series colonel even though it was unintentional but still yeah still killed herself yeah <clears throat> too bad great uh, great artist uh okay colonel we're gonna get the shout outs let's get the shout outs well of course we got tasha and miss ophelia out there in california hey yeah. tasha rebecca montanley hey rebecca um, Miss Annette Petray, the lovely Annette Petray from the Bronx, New York. Jeff Girdley. Hey, Jeff. Sam Hildebrand. Linda Middleton. Missy Dean Horton. Britt and Chris. Celine, of course. Jeff Chestnut. Um, Teresa Slavin. 
Tommy Boomashine. Tommy Boom Boom. Um, all of the Trowbridges. Yes. Every single one of the Trowbridges. Wonderful we family. You. They are a wonderful family. Um, Phyllis Munson. Of course, Aaron Wentz. Uh, Donna Curran, Brian and Lisa Lawton, Olivia Maya. Um, when when you think of, tell me, we're going to do a free free association All thing right. here, Timmy. Okay, I do that a lot with um, my uh, shrink. Beautiful Nordic blonde women. Okay, that would be Kasha. All right, Miss Kasha, how you? Because she's the only Nordic one I know that we have. Uh, well, we have uh, Lise, but I'm not sure, sure she's blonde. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. And she's lovely. Kate McCarthy. Lovely Bridget Clavely, Clavey, of course. Of course, Bridget. Byron Snellings. Denny McNamara. Yeah, Denny. I'm still working on Matthew Hoffman. I promised Denny. I promised Katja I would do a podcast, and I promised Denny I would do a topic. So I'm still okay. working on him, guys. I haven't forgot you. William Truax. Hey, William. Amber Croup. Jenny, Gina Spillane. I'm sorry, Jenny. Getting at it, Trixie, Stephanie, Quick, Sydney, and Michael. Your um, muscle relaxers are kicking in. I know it's getting to be late in the day. Jamie Tarantino, and yeah, you should all know that Timmy stayed in probably about an hour late at work to do this. Oh, so but it's the sacrifices for our, you make for our listeners. It's well worth. But we couldn't get de- the devil to do one even. Nah, four she's, hours she's ago. got you know she's got her southern comfort. Mm-hmm. Her value, knock, yeah, knocking, 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 knocking. cussing at people, starting yeah, fights. Yeah, then uh, you know those. All the stuff that Brandy does. Yeah. But Jamie, the lovely Jamie Tarantino, and I... Lovely Jamie. I know Jamie's lovely uh, because she posted a picture of a senior picture. Oh, okay. And she's so an artist. Even if she is. She's an amazing, incredible artist. Um, Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara V, Jean... Hold on, hold on. Okay. Bond. Jean Bond. Okay. Um, Lydia... Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine Bushwah, Katie. Morehead. There we go. Mary Ray, Marvin Hammond, Annie Bali, Cheryl Musco, Keith Frosty, Becky Mitchell, Steve Miller, Nick Starr, Natasha Davis, Neil Eagleton. Of course, Molly. We got to get Molly in there. Of course, the lovely Molly. Um, the lovely also Jennifer Wick. Oh, yeah, Jennifer. I like Jennifer. Robin, Jennifer's very funny. She is. Um, Robin Sanchez. Yes, the lovely um, Robin Sanchez. TJ Youngblood. Thomas, Justin Bordeaux. Just Yeah, Justin Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Dave Hill, John Gray, Don Gordon, Kirsten Davidson, Susan Angles, the lovely M. Waterfall. Christian Dormer, Daniel Fredrickson, Amber Anderson. Got it right that time. You did. Pete Fomer. Um, let's see here. We George Huckler. Lovely Kelsey Fro. How you doing out there, Kelsey? Um, Carleen Madsen. Um, Tammy Ennis, of course. Valerie Murray. Kristen Andreasen. Nancy Weller. Anita Darden. Jessica Winchester. Carla. Carla, Carla, Carla from Portsmouth. Yeah, my friend Carla from New Boston, Ohio. Um, Amber Trevino, Angie L., Karen Alden, Norma DiMaggio, Andy Smizer, Brandy Deese, Callie Jones. Um, Callie Jones is a pretty girl. 
Um, all these women are pretty. I don't know why I say we that. We have but beautiful women. Skip Fayou, um, Susanna Sheldon, Toby, I already got. Let's see. Jennifer Miller, Marion Buckwald, Jeffrey Dolan, Stacy Lynn, Brenda Deutsch, Lynn Evans, Jessica Bishop, Jim Moyer, Michael Daniel, Amelia Roscoe, Pavlava Valentina, Maddie Kennan, Heather Marshall, Terry... Hemsley, Carol Nash, Kevin Behan, Lease, of course, Mike Tabor, John Janke, Jeff Hopkins, Maggie Ann Glover, Joe Hopkins, of course, Ann Daza, um, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Brittany Powell, Melissa Lebrano, Mike Arnold, Paul Mampilli, Cindy Overstreet Hamilton, Jennifer Potts, Maria Barber, Christina Montana, um, Christina Hodges, Steph Glenn, and did I get Nancy Jalapeno Papa in there? Nah, but say, uh, if you're not, say it again. Huh? If not, say it again. Nancy Jalapeno Papa. Um, Kim Kazmersky Kamikaze, Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Nee Chinchilla, Lindsay O'Brien from up in the Windy City, Eddie Rushing, Sonyana, Yoel Handler, Sammy James, my buddy Jason Dykes, Amy Carol Payne, lovely Tyra Jenkins. Um, let's see, we get into the Colonel's crew here. Angie Ball, Sarah, beautiful little Sarah, beautiful Jen Burdick, Karen Barnes. I, I got I haven't talked to Karen in a bit. I have to say hi to her. Janet Fitzgerald, um, lovely Irish lass, Frances Darton. Jessica Williams, who's just badass. She's just Absolutely. Absolutely a badass woman. And I'm glad she's back. We missed her for a while. We did. Um, Amanda Bocce Ball. Shannon, of course. Lovely Tiffany. Monica D'Agostino. What about, did you say Teresa Slavens? Teresa Slavens. Um, Scotty J, of course. Um, Radika Smith, Angela Cobes. Um, Liz Keating, of course. Who, the lovely Liz lovely Keating, Liz who, Keating. who says, by the way, she's not sure how she ended up on Team Colonel. Um, she was, um, I, I believe it was um, Monica she, D'Agostino put her on there. Well, she doesn't seem to recall signing any paperwork that would... Uh, the contract's in the mail. Yeah, well, she, she doesn't and, seem to believe And our newest uh, member... Although I see, I thought when a mama left, she left. I didn't want to cause a divide in the family. Uh, I see. Is Jennifer the lovely Jennifer Siemens? Um, yes, Jennifer and her son Hunter. And her son Hunter. We have the mascot of Team Colonel, Fallon. Mm-hmm. How are you? And uh, the muscle, the brains in the muscle of the operation, Timmy. My beautiful solicitor, Nicola. Yes, she's uh, 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 your counselor. My counselor. And they, they come really, you can't separate these two. Um, and they're both really the two most dangerous women in podcasting. Oh, absolutely. Allie and Charlie from the Insight Podcast. Yes. Um, Charlie puts up with, with with my ginger jokes and... Mm-hmm. But they're Allie dangerous. doesn't kill... <laughs> you know, I don't know who is the more dangerous of the two. But we're going to see them at the we're going to see them uh, CrimeCon. I mean, Ali's Ali's the crazier of the two. Mm-hmm. You know, but well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a toss up. 
Well, I think Charlie might be the more evil of the two. Yeah, well, I think Charlie knows how to hide the bodies. And Allie just doesn't care. Yeah. I, I believe Allie would just drag you by, kill yeah. you, drag you by the yeah. collar right down the street, throw yeah. you on the beach, and just walk away. Right. You know, and then the police show up, and Allie give them that cute accent. That, mm. Not me, mate. I yeah. I not know love. what you're talking. Love. Not me, love. Not don't yeah. know. Don't know what what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm that's just the a, worst Australian accent I've ever heard. I'm just a, not Allie's yours. <laughs> I'm just a I'm just a smart, pretty bird here drinking my coffee. <laughs> Bird, bird. I don't know. So anyway, that's uh, that's a shout out. So except for my lovely lady Beverly Mm -hmm. and the beautiful Dottie Scott. Dottie, thank you for all your support. You were with us in the beginning. Yes, I'm not sure you got Maggie, Mag, Magia. I I, no, I'm certain I did not because we did this very quickly and this is an old list. Yeah, we were not expecting to record today. We just decided to do it. So if I missed you, give me a yell on the on the page and say what the hell, Colonel. Yeah, we no, we just uh, we had the script ready to go and uh, we didn't think we were going to be able to record today because we all had uh, uh, time restraints. But we decided uh, we wanted to get something out to you this weekend. So uh, I decided to stay a little later. Colonel got back from his doctor's appointment quickly, and we were able to uh, to do this one. And I'm glad we did because I like this topic. I love Janice Joplin, and hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Now tell me, tell, give me your opinion of this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Now you And actually, Renee made me go to the doctor mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I got a little weird patch of skin on my, on my cheek. Yeah, which I told you is nothing. And Renee insisted. I, this was not something Renee insisted and said you have to go get that looked at. And Now, if your doctor tells you, you know what? I could tell you with a 99% degree of certainty that that is not skin cancer. Mm-hmm. What do you hear, Timmy? Uh, 1% chance I've got skin cancer. <laughs> That's, what I heard was, there's a chance you got skin I'm, cancer I'm, right there. What I, what, what he, when he, if he would say that to me, what I would hear is, get your affairs in order. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> he says to me, I could tell you with a 99% degree of certainty that that is not any yeah. kind of skin cancer. And I said, well, what is the 1% that's holding you back? Because what I want to hear is yeah you, you know what that's just a patch of, yeah don't absolute, worry about it it's yeah. like the it's like the Seinfeld with the George Costanza had a white spot yeah. no no it's nothing just go yeah, on yeah on, you yeah know. exactly no, you, want a, you. you want absolute certainty <laughs> I want absolute yeah I, you know no don't so what I my brain heard was oh yeah that, you got can <laughs> you there's a there's a chance you have cancer yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's not the case girl where can uh, people find us well. The best place to find us, if you want to have a lot of fun... Is Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati. Come to Cincinnati. Um, we're actually... We're, we're Today, we, we, we're podcasting live. We didn't care about the political ramifications. We're podcasting live from the inauguration. No, we're not. We're okay. not. We're not at all. Um, you can, <laughs> you find, can find us on Facebook, yeah, we have History two, Dweebs. Yeah, we have two pages. One is History Dweebs, where we post uh, history-related articles... And then we have the fun page where we interact with all the people we talk about, all the folks that get shout-outs, and that is History Dweeves, the podcast group. So join us there. It's a lot of fun. The people are really cool, and uh, it's always something going on there, something crazy going on there all the time. Obviously, you can find us on iTunes, and what we really, really like, and, and I know that most people that listen to podcasts 
listen to 30 podcasts. So you can't afford to support every single podcast that you listen to on Patreon. But what you can do for free is go to iTunes and leave us a review. Yeah, and we got a very um, nice review from a listener in Canada, Sister Friend 6. Uh, she says she uh, thoroughly enjoys the podcast. And she's also a member of our group. I'm not sure who she is, but whoever you are, thank you very much. For and make yourself review. known in the group so we know who, yes. so we can so thank you. We can thank you properly. Um, but uh, yeah, go to go to iTunes. Just click on the icon, leave a review. That's how people find us. Otherwise, they don't they won't find us. And uh, we want to continue to grow as a podcast. And um, we want to continue to serve you. Yes, we, we want to be the best us we can be and for it's hard you. to do with brandy you know brandy here but we can do it, it sometimes is. when she's away sometimes when, when she's she away, away drinking uh you know drinking her tequila smoking a cigarette drinking her southern comfort playing her foosball with her friends yeah we so, can put together a decent podcast you can also find us on stitchy you can find us on twitter yeah um at history dweebs one mm-hmm. uh you can find me at hawk walters i'm not as active as i need to be i need to get more on that but um but follow us follow us um and uh i do not you know well i i I do not tweet as much as i should but Mm -hmm. you don't tweet as much as our new president our new president nor do i tweet as much as anthony weiner yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they ever took I you know I am going wonder to be if interested they follow to, each other. I wonder I am going to be interested to see if because he gets the president's account now. I wonder it's been 4 hours. I wonder if he's put out anything on the to check that out. To check that out. Okay, thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.